Good morning again. There were four scholars who were arguing over the Bible translations. One said that he thought that the King James Version was the best version because of its beautiful, eloquent style of speech. Another said no, they preferred the American Standard Version because of its accurate translation of the original text. A third preferred the New International Version because it was in a modern-day language which they could understand much easier. After thinking about it for a few moments, the fourth one simply said that he preferred my mother's translation. They were surprised to hear that, the other three, and they said, we didn't know that your mother translated the Bible. And he said, yes, she translated it. She translated it into life. And it's the best version, translation, that I've ever seen. When I read that this past week again, I had it in my notes from a long time ago, but when I read that, I couldn't help but think about my my mother and how that is true in my life. And probably, and perhaps it is for many in this room, of the translation of life that came from your mother. It's really taught you the most. It's something that you carry with you even to this day. It's amazing how that works in our lives. Um, She taught me much to be thankful for and much to be guarded against and all of those things throughout my life. And I am indeed grateful for that. So today I'd like for us to take a look at a piece of Scripture, just a very short passage of Scripture actually. And I'd like for us to, because I think that it kind of underscores how a godly mother, and in this story as well, a godly grandmother, can impact our lives. And how powerful it can impact us even today in this process. Second Timothy is where we're headed today in Second Timothy chapter 1. And of course his name is Timothy. And we know that he lived during the first century. And we know that he had a great friend. His name was Paul, the Apostle Paul. In Paul's New Testament letters of First and Second Timothy were addressed specifically to Timothy in a powerful way. You need to read them if you could. Paul was Timothy's older friend. He was a mentor to Timothy. And as Paul sat in this Roman dungeon and penned these words, and certainly in an impending death, he wrote to Timothy at least two different times that we know of, perhaps the third one as well that's not listed in Scripture. But nonetheless, we know of two that he penned for him. And he penned those to encourage Timothy in his ministry. Paul knew that his life was headed mostly to the end. He didn't know what day that would be, of course. But he realized what he had following him. And he realized that it was importance and the importance to impart into the life of someone else. It's following in your footsteps. And so Paul does just that. And he encouraged him in his ministry, in his walk. It's beautiful, beautiful letters. But First and Second Timothy are more than just letters filled with things of how we are to live our lives out as Christians and in the church, in the body, and how we're to love each other and uh, uh, you know, stay away from the sin of the world and being drawn in. It's more than that. 
First and Second Timothy, if you look, it's more of a nostalgia. It's this something from within that God allows a few words to be penned in His holy, holy book, the Bible. And allows these words to be placed there to describe and honor two very special individuals to Timothy and his life and the importance of that. I find that fascinating that God allows particular people's names to be listed in Scripture. Scripture is given to us for a reason by God. All the Scripture is given. And in that, oftentimes He mentions people for one of two reasons. It's either for the good or for the bad. And in this case, it was for the good. It described Timothy's mother and grandmother quite well. So Paul draws upon something at the beginning of the second letter. Paul draws upon the memories and recalls the examples of Timothy's faith and where it actually all started and how it all came into play in his life and throughout his life. And so let's begin our reading today from 2 Timothy. It says this, To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience at night and day I continually remember you in prayer. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded now lives in you as well. Just a little add there to two more. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is you, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That last verse, I think, is one of Sam Furman's favorite verses, mine as well. I want you to know, just in the reading of these particular verses here, I want you to know that it's more than an introduction, or it's more than a filler. We do that in when we used to write letters. We don't write letters anymore. It's little googly things that we put on some little screen, and, and thumbs up, or smiley face, or a sad face, and that's pretty much about it. But we used to write letters, and when we wrote letters, I remember being a little child in Michigan, and my aunt or uncle would write to my mother, and mother would sit around, my father couldn't read, and my mother would sit around and read the letter. And in it, it would be, there's the beginning part, and in the beginning of that, there's usually an introduction, how are you, things going well, sure do miss you, love you, and all those things. But somewhere along that, things begin to change and it gets to the heart of the matter. Oh, the crops failed last year. Oh, they've been really good. These things are going on in life. Oh, Sister Mary at church, you remember that little widow lady? She finally passed away. Oh, what a wonderful service and all those things we would read. But oftentimes what we do with God's Word is we miss the introductions of the letters, especially when Paul wrote. And almost all of his letters, he made these little introductions. He told something to the church or individuals that he was writing to, and such is the case with Timothy here. And I think if you pull past it, we can because we want to get to the meat. We want to get to something that refers to us, that talks about us in that letter. Because there's so much said to us, the church, in those letters. After all, God said they're in there for a reason. And, but in that, I want to tell you this today, that, that Timothy didn't pass 
these first few verses. That Timothy looked deep into them. I, 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 th- I think of it often that as Timothy would unfold this letter throughout his life in later years and know the letters, know that they had, were handwritten by Paul or someone else because we know he probably had an eye complication going on. But he says in one letter he wrote with big, see how big I write, how large the letters are. It's probably his condition. Some would even say it was his thorn in the flesh. Nonetheless, in all of this, sometimes we miss because we think it's just a filler. But it's a powerful message. It's a powerful message to his friend Timothy. And it can even be a powerful message to us some 2,000 plus years later. Let's see if we can find some of that today. First notice how special Timothy must have been to Paul. He addressed him as his son. That's powerful. For someone to address you as their son and you're not. He addressed him as a son. As far as we know, throughout Scripture, Paul was never married. So he had no children. But it was as though Paul was saying to his friend Timothy, he was saying, you know, if I was a daddy, I would hope that I would have a son just like you. It's pretty powerful stuff. And I don't think Timothy read that quickly and said, I want to read the rest of it. I think he saw that his friend called him son. Powerful. No no doubt about it that in Scripture, Paul had a great affection and pride and love for this young man called Timothy. Secondly, he lets him in on uh, to know that he's always praying for him. And boy, is that powerful. Something about someone that says, I'm praying for you, is powerful in your life. Someone that takes the time, it's amazing to me that the people that say, Harley, I'm praying for you. There's something about it when someone takes the time to simply say that I am taking time out of my busy schedule to take time to lift you up to God the Father. It's powerful stuff. All of us need prayers. All of us desire prayers. And there are times in our lives when we need them the most. And we just long for someone to come along after they hear our story and the hurt or the pain or whatever it is that we're going through. We long to hear someone say, I will be praying for you. It does something to our spirits. But there's something that's deeper than that, and I would encourage all of you to think about this. When you run across that person and you do say, I'll be praying for you, or I've been praying for you, could you stop and take time to actually pray in front of them? Because it takes it to a brand new, a whole new level in your life. You don't have to say a lot because some people don't know what to say. You don't have to know what to say. Just simply say, God, you know what this person needs. And I'm trusting you in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. They will leave and they will feel so much better. I don't care if it's at a Walmart parking lot when you see them and you run across, how you doing? How's things going? Well, I tell you, things have been pretty bad, you know. Oh, Johnny's down in his leg and hip and, and I just, uh, well, I'll be praying for you. Let me just pray about that. Father, we in the name of Jesus stand on who you are for our friend John today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. That's not asking much. And it may be a little embarrassing for some to even do that. But you know what? The person that hears that prayer and that prayer is said over, I guarantee you something. When they get in their car, they realize that someone cared enough to pray for John. There's something about that in our lives that we need. They actually take time to pray for us. Paul prayed for his friend And he's not ashamed to admit that he did it often. The next thing Paul does is he tells his friend how he remembers him and what he thinks of when he does remember him. And I find that so refreshing. Again, this is not filler for Timothy. And it shouldn't be for us. So how does he think of him? He thinks of his tears that he has shed. When and why tears, I wondered. Why tears? Well, it could have been many things, for truly Paul and Timothy were very close, and they had been through a lot together in their ministries, in their travels. They were abused, they they were uh, put down, they were mocked, and perhaps even placed in prison together. No doubt they they spent a great deal of time with each other. How do I know that? Is because they were so close. And you can't get close to somebody unless you spend time with them. Time spent. The best friend that knows you, but also knows your tears. That's one way you can figure out who your friends are is you discover that they're willing to cry in front of you and tell you all that's on their heart. No doubt they spent a great deal of time together. But I'd like for us to think, because you see in our lives once again we move so quickly, but Timothy wouldn't move quickly on this. Paul didn't move quickly on this. Paul didn't say, oh, whatever, I'm going to get to tell you this. I want you to picture with me, if you will, Paul and Timothy on their journeys. Remember, they can't travel like we do. They just walk everywhere. And so from from Lawton to Cashier, from Lawton to uh, to, uh, Elgin or wherever it might be, there's a time of travel. There's a time of camping out. And I would just like to take you back maybe to a campfire at late at night, far, far away from home, where mom and grandma's good cooking is. Now it's a squirrel or a rabbit or I don't know what. But they're sitting around this campfire at night. You know, around a campfire, a lot of times we get to know each other a little bit. At camps, that happens a lot. At church camps for kids, they gather around at night. It's dark and things are just a little bit more open about what you're saying. And I see Timothy maybe poking in a fire there. It kind of drifts off to him and his personal life of his upbringing, telling Paul. Maybe Paul just leaned back on a rock and said, Tell me about your childhood there, buddy. He's poking at the fire and he said, Ah, yeah. Man, I remember them good days. Well, I remember when I was a little boy, I used to go outside and one of my jobs was to bring in the water. I had to walk a little ways down to the creek to get the water, but it was a good journey. And I would always come back and look at the stars at night, you know, I'd be getting in late. And, and, but when I'd walk in the door, oh, I was always greeted by my mom and my grandma. 
They were so, so special. Oh, and the house smelled. Oh, it just smelled so good. I mean, man, my grandma, you see him drifting off? My grandma could make some fried chicken. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. And you know, my favorite pie was an apple pie. We didn't have any apple trees in my neighborhood. And so we had to go a long ways to get those. Or sometimes somebody would be traveling through and they'd barter something out. And my mom would get those apples and she'd make me an apple pie. And when I'd come in, oh man, I just knew that was going to be a good night. I remember sitting around the table and it was my, my, what I had to do is I had to set the plates and put them all in place and They'd say, now make sure you wash your hands there, Timmy. Make sure you wash your hands up good. Got to eat. Well, he sat down at the table, and sometimes I remember they'd ask me to pray. And I was a little shy at first, but didn't know really what to say. But boy, when they prayed, they just seemed knew exactly what. Grandma always seemed to know exactly what to say. You see Paul leaning on the rock, just soaking it all in. And you know, after we we talk about all kinds of things, what happened in our day and how God was blessing us and we didn't have very much to eat, but you know, the crops look pretty good this year and God's blessed us with the good crops. And if that comes in, might get a new pair of sandals for you. I remember those days. Oh, then it would be nighttime. We'd have to clean the table off and then it'd be time for bed and Boy, on those cold nights, whoo, man, it was cold. I remember our house, we didn't have no insulation, and, and, and it was really cold. But my grandmother always had a special quilt that she would tuck me in at night. Can you see Timothy just drifting deeper into his thoughts? They talked about something. And I remember grandma tucking me in, and boy, that felt good. And I would ask her, after we had our prayers together, we'd pray and we'd do that, and, and that was all special. But I just loved to hear the stories my mommy or my grandmother told me. Oh, they were so good. Some of you remember your grandmother's stories. Tell me one more story. Okay, but one more, and then you got to go to sleep. we got things to do tomorrow. I know, but I just love when you tell me stories, Mommy. I love when you tell me stories, Grandma. Tell me another one. And they would tell me about when they were little girls and what they did and how they came to know God and very special. And who taught them about God and the times that they lived and what it was like. Before they'd leave my room, they'd always kiss me on the head and they, they, they would simply tell me, and I close your eyes, sweetheart, get you some rest now and know that God and the angels are watching over you. Love you. Love you too, Mom. Love you too, Grandma. Special times. That's Timothy. And we miss it in Timothy's life. And in telling that to Paul around that campfire, perhaps Paul could see how much that meant to him. How special that really was in his life. And every once in a while, because every once in a while, he could see the fire glisten off his face in a tear run down and he knew how precious his mom and his grandma was I remember your tears Timothy takes on a whole new meaning you know how it is when you get lost in a thought don't you we said we were praying for Melissa and for Elaine we know what it's like too don't we someone that's far far away it's a child that doesn't live close And you can just bring them into thought so much so that all of a sudden a tear starts to float around 
or someone that's gone to be with the Lord way too early. And you think about them. And if you think too much, and you think about those apple pies or that fried chicken, sometimes there's tears that stream down your face to recall, to have those memories. And Paul said, I remember your tears. Then in verse 5. In verse 5, he honors him by mentioning the two dearest things in his life, which is Timothy's mother and grandmother. You see, Timothy's faithfulness is largely a reflection of his mother and his grandmother. I find that powerful. How do I know that? Because God put it in his word. He didn't have to, but he did. Timothy's faithfulness is a large part of a reflection upon the instruction that he received and those stories that he was trying to impart to Paul. But he couldn't tell them all because they were in his memory bank, but he couldn't get them all out. They were precious. And that is precisely why God allowed their names to be mentioned in Scripture, I believe. So that all of you wonderful mothers out there and grandmothers out there, you could know that you can make a difference in the life of your child too. See these little babies. Why we do what we do. Why we have Bible classes for them to help you. Why we do a baby dedication saying we're there for you as a family. God has blessed you with this wonderful gift and we want to bless you as well and let you know that we're there for you and that you're going to make a great difference in the life of this child that God has blessed you with. Even when you feel like you have, there's no credit given to you. Mothers, I'm sure, feel like that from time to time. Man, he's great. Sports. Man, look at all that. He's a great athlete. All these things. Yeah, look at my boy. My mommy is always in the back making sure that everything's done and actually running things. And all the ladies said, Amen. Don't ever underestimate the influence that you have on your children, ever. A guy by the name of G. Campbell Morgan, a British preacher, I'm told, was, had four sons. He was a minister, and all four sons were ministers. I thought, wow, to know that. To think of all the lives that they had probably touched and the stories that they could tell each other that only they could relate with, really, in that process. To know that that somehow in that, the lives that they influenced. I often wonder that about my ministry and other men's ministries. How many people do you really touch? I never knew my grandfathers. I only have a picture of my one grandfather. Never met him. He never saw me. Neither one of my grandfathers saw me in life. They were not good men. My great-grandfather was a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his stories are told about him by my mother to me. He was a good man, a good godly man. She would tell the story, and I'll never forget it, of the times in which he would leave their home and ride his horse down about 22 miles to Somerset, Kentucky. He would catch a train, and he would go over to Laurel County, and there he would preach a gospel message or a, 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 a meeting. There would be a gospel meeting going on. And most back then, folks, were two weeks long. 
stay in people's homes. And at the end of that, people didn't have a lot of money back then. They gave him a couple dollars for his fare and all those things. And sometimes they would give him chickens, actually, and live chickens. And he just loved that because that meant something for the rest of the year. And Grandma could cook some fried chicken. And so he would make his journey back home and ride his horse back the 22 miles. And, you know, all that would take place. Now, this is back before a lot of automobiles and all those things, but my mother tells me when I was a teenager, when we moved from Michigan to Kentucky, we lived right down the road, out in the country, from the little old church that he preached at. And she said, when your great-grandfather passed away, she said the road was lined up for a mile in Model T's just to pay honor to your great-grandpa. Wow. Kind of takes me back. Campbell Morgan and his four sons. Watch this. They're all preachers. One day when, a young, uh, when his youngest son, Howard, finished preaching, a reporter asked him this question. Since you have five pastors in your family, who's the greatest preacher of you all? Expecting his son to give honor to his father? Howard responded quickly by saying, my mother, of course. (laughs) Often people do not realize that a mother's love, concern, teachings are often far more influential on people than anyone else in their lives. St. Jay back there today, it's good to see him sitting next to his mom and his dad. Of all the things left out of the Bible that were good. I'll finish with this. Of all the things left out of the Bible that were good, because the Bible tells us if all of the good things were written down, the earth couldn't hold it all. The Bible would be eight foot thick. Imagine that. Out of all the good things that God left out, God said, I am not leaving this good thing out. It is as though he was saying, hey folks, don't miss this point. And that point is this, mothers and grandmothers do more than just have babies. They have the opportunity to teach, to teach them about me and the importance of faith in me. And that is precisely what Lois and Eunice did in the life of their son and their grandson, Timothy. It's precisely what my mother did for me, my beautiful wife, has done for our children and grandchildren. And I'm sure many in this room, you've done it for years as well. A.W. Tozer was right when he said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Because when you pass Christ to the next generation, you've given something that is eternal, my friend. It'll never go away. And you'll never be separated. No matter how soon they go before you. There's a day coming. And a celebration will take place. And it's God's specific design. For his children. I'm thankful God allowed this in scripture. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word.
I pray today that we've done it justice. I'm not sure exactly what Timothy may have felt when he read that letter. I don't know if he stored it in his pocket or stored it in a chest and pulled it out often, even after hearing of Paul's death, thinking I've been blessed by a good man in my life. But I'm thankful that you gave him a good mommy and a good grandmother to help raise him in the Lord. And I'm thankful for all the good mommies and the good grandmothers that are here today and throughout our world today that have imparted your truth, your love into their children and grandchildren. May each one of us, Father, give you glory and praise for our mothers and for all the mothers out there. And I know it's the truth is some did not have a good life. Their parents weren't in their life. It may have been a terrible thing. They may have been adopted and felt left out. But Father, help them to know today that by design you brought them into this world and that you have a purpose for their life. And so those mothers that may not feel what we've talked about, may they know because they know you that they have this wonderful opportunity to break that cycle and give to their children and their grandchildren your love first and foremost so that when they grow and they get old and when they pass away, their children and their grandchildren will still talk about their mothers and their grandmothers and the love that they had for you. May it be the case, Father. In the name of Jesus, we believe. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning. If you have a prayer need or concern, now's the time for you to come forward and let us pray with you and for you as together we stand and sing.